0: So um, I know when the breakout groups, we were talking about kind of those must-have customer engagement touch points. Um, I hope everybody got to have a good discussion, maybe even share a few examples of you know, how that looks and works. Um, as I kind of shared at the beginning of the call, we're going to kind of use this as kind of you know the, the top probably three or four themes that come out of the, the discussion today. We're going to kind of uh, you know build a series and do a little bit of a deeper dive into those things in, in subsequent weeks. But today I would like to have uh, you know quick, do a quick round robin around uh, the different groups and just kind of share maybe the top teams coming out of your group. And then I'd like to maybe come back to um, a few of the themes and maybe dig a little bit deeper around, um, you know, how you're using that, what's, what's been successful and what's not. So um Uh, Last week, I went in reverse room order. Uh, This week, I'm going to go in numeric order. So I'm going to start with group one, which would have been uh, Vignesh, Rob, Emily, uh, Janine, and Josh um, uh, Rosenthal. So uh, Emily, I will, or Josh, I will call on either of you because I know you know me all too well. But um, if either of you would like to maybe share a little bit about what you guys discussed in your group. And share with
1: the group I would appreciate it sure absolutely so I think Josh was in and out a little bit he was having some internet troubles so I guess I guess I'll jump in um, you know we had some good discussion about segmenting our clients and using different data points um, to kind of determine you know who would get our attention and when um, Rob was also talking about um, you know how he has been using you um, different techniques to try and get in touch with clients that have kind of disengaged a little bit. And we were kind of discussing some back and forth there on you know, how we could jump back in um, there and maybe trying a different period whenever um, their clients weren't as busy um, maybe during the off season, um, but we also were really talking. I think we had a, a couple good consensus on how, in like the first thirty to sixty days, was was pretty important to get in the door and have pretty frequent. I think we heard bi-weekly calls um, from a couple of individuals from our group.
0: Yeah, I'm talking uh, I'm, uh, you know, talking about people talking on mute. Here I'm talking on mute. But uh, so it sounds like you 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 touched on a few areas, right? And you know, the onboarding period being super critical what you know what do you do and how do you you know reengage with customers who maybe have kind of fallen off the wagon a little bit um, gone dark and then you know um, how do you use use the data available to you know build out more strategic uh, you know strategic engagement that's more specific to you know customer use cases or how they fit you know kind of how they fit into the products and portfolio um, so I you know, appreciate that rob and rob may come back to you on the uh, disengaged customer piece here in in a minute. Um, Josh, something you wanted I to add before I, I call on, I want to do a quick round robin with the other groups and kind of see what else they had to discuss.
2: Sure. Uh, one of the, the points I just maybe to put too fine a, a point on it is one of the things is that we had this concept of, um, of cattle and pets, um, but I, I want to kind of provoke the discussion in the area that uh, they can transition between the two, Right. And you can be watching the herd go in one way and using your metrics to figure out which cattle becomes temporarily uh, that pet pay attention to, bring them into that uh, that next engagement and kind of get them back into the herd, kind of figure out who to tend to later.
0: Not uh, that's that's a new one for me, Josh. I haven't heard the 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 cattle to pet metric. Um, you know, I'm thinking well, you know, I, it makes sense, right? But I'm thinking about cows and pigs. I'm like, I wouldn't have that. you know, pets are what live in my house. You know, you know, cattle is on a farm. So you know, <laughs> city boy. That's exactly it. But. Uh, I mean, it's <laughs> a great analogy, though, I, I really, you know, I, I can't see the, uh, the, you know, the similarities, right? What, you know, the, the catalyst, you know, kind of your macro attention versus, you know, your pet's going to get your micro attention. And, you know, a lot of that, I think, to what maybe you were driving to is those turnaround points, right? If that customer needs that extra attention because of, of growth, maybe there's risk um that sort of thing so um yeah so thank you Jessica for clarifying right no 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 <laughs> <laughs> so again i i lay on my you know i may have grown up around farms but it uh, doesn't mean i know anything about farming and ranching and any of that so don't ask me those questions. Jessica, i'm not the yeah. expert in the room on that <laughs> so jessica said you you know you uh you uh, corrected me, and I appreciate that. I was with the group <laughs> two. So, what what else did uh, um, you, did your group discuss around you sure. know, the customer journey and en- engagement touch points?
3: As a Nebraskan, I couldn't let that one go. Sorry. <laughs> okay. um, so, we really thought of three main meeting at least touch points that were most important in our group's mind. The first one being that partnership or alignment or kickoff call. Just really be able to set expectations align goals understand roles about this is support this is not support just sort of laying the foundation we found was definitely important Uh, we talked about a business review strategic business review meeting we all sort of agreed that quarterly annually whatever makes sense but not just making it be quarterly to be quarterly Um, Making that review call either, you know, right before or right after renewal, 30 to 60 days would be important. And then also um, an adoption check-in call that, you know, after onboarding has been happening, sort of say, okay, where are they? How can we move them to the next step? Um, We've really focused, I think, mostly on meetings. And I don't know if that was what you wanted jeremy but um i think there are lots of points that are important that may not be meetings as well um we all not we all many of us talked about using a churn or a gain site or something like that to help with that and maybe that's an interaction that's not an actual meeting
0: yeah no it, in this is you know this is for you by you right so i don't have any expect you know necessarily expectation of and take it one way or another. So let's open it up to maybe uh, group three, Alana, Josh, uh, Stephanie, Naraj, did you all talk about any, maybe the, any non-meeting touch points within the customer journey that you wanna share with the group?
4: Is somewhat so. So let me take a step back, and then I can get to that. So we talked about. So we had a very interesting group, and in our our group is kind of interesting. Is not all of us are in SaaS, not all of us are in traditional customer success roles, but there's a lot of overlap overlap and alignment. Um, so we we talked a lot about the the way that we try to engage with customers and. Frankly, in some cases, you can't have regular meetings. So the meetings themselves become somewhat secondary, especially if you're in a um, in a region that doesn't necessarily support meetings very well. I think um, uh, Tripty was talking about that a little bit. Um, trying to get access to people when they're not necessarily interested in speaking with us um, creates a whole separate set of problems and a slew of of complications with how you're trying to build out a formal engagement plan. Um, Alana had some really good examples of what an engagement model might look like, but then uh, that doesn't always fit because sometimes customers just don't want to meet with us. So we did talk about like, the underlying reason to have the meetings, and this kind of goes to the question that you asked, Jeremy, right? You can't just have a meeting for the sake of having a meeting. You have to have some sort of value conversation. And uh, some of the things that I, I spoke about with ServiceNow is we don't always meet with customers. We explicitly make an effort to not meet with certain customers because there's really no reason to meet with them if we're just going to have a meeting. So what we'll do is we'll send them key metrics, key performance indicators, um, things that they can see that they're making progress, but not necessarily have to schedule a meeting at that point in time. And then that information could potentially feed into a quarterly business review and executive business review, something that's a little bit higher level with people that can make decisions about what's next, um, because then it's it's about who the key decision makers are rather than just the tactics of trying to get through the day-to-day work. So that was the biggest part of our conversation for group three. Did I miss anything, Stephanie or, or Alana or Tripty? Yeah, I'm sure I did, but
1: no, that was
4: yeah,
0: a really good summary. Good That's awesome. Now, J- Josh, yeah, yeah, I'm actually surprised you didn't have a whiteboard for your your discussion. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. there.
4: It's there. I, I didn't
0: <laughs> That's why I was thinking. Now, I'm sure he's got it. You know, mapped out on a whiteboard behind his office. Uh, you know, behind the camera, so to speak. But uh, no, I think you're right. You know the. Every part of the journey, whether it's in front of the customer or, or, you know, behind the scenes, so to speak, will have some impact on the customer journey and uh, being intentional. You know, that's kind of really what we're trying to kind of frame up in this discussion. right? Being intentional with, you know, stop sending blanket emails to your customers and getting, you know, getting more specific in how you want to engage. So I think that's spot on. Uh, So thanks for sharing uh, last, but certainly not least, uh, group uh, group four, which would be Amy, Eileen, Marcus, and Paul. Uh, anything that uh, your group discussed that you want to add to the discussion?
5: Our group uh, focused mostly around uh, training and also change management. So how do you help train your users and how do you help um, the upper level, such as the ex- executive buyers and the, um, the facility sponsors, how do you help them train their users and how do you help them enforce any sort of mandates that have been placed that people actually have to use a product? And so we talked about, you know, just little one minute snips that can be sent out on a regular basis from, uh, from an educator. But the most important thing in doing that is explaining or answering the question, you know, if I do this, how does it benefit me? And everyone wants to be able to answer that question so whenever we whether we're you know talking about you know change management, um, always discussing the value of the conversation and uh, the value of of the education that's coming out from us So that was that was the majority of what we discussed actually is like how to do that and giving some specifics and some details.
0: Change management is 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 uh, I would say an underrated a touch point that doesn't get enough attention right we, we talk about listening we talk about onboarding you know we talk about adoption and growth but uh we don't often you know the the topic of change management doesn't always come up in those discussions of you know how does if i move button x from you know center of the page to the right page what does that do, what's the impact of that right that's a very simple example but um you know you're we're talking about technology we're talking about you know it may not even be SaaS services right but whatever it is that we're selling and supporting into these customers does have an impact on their business case and their use case. So um, I think that's really good. Um, I actually, I think Jessica asked a really good question Um, and maybe Amy, I'll pass, I'll start with you and then maybe we can go back to the group, but um, around, you know, kind of around change management and training, um, you know, do you have any, you know do you have any recommendations that have helped you, you know, frame up that conversation with customers? I
5: do not, most of what I've been doing is actually just based on previous experience as a director of operations. And so I recently pivoted into the CSM management and directorial operational role and trying to build that out for the company that I work for now. So for me, it was just working with, um, you know having been on the other side and what would I have appreciated as a director of operations um, I don't have any particular recommendations on training materials, but it was also just being able to answer that question from the perspective of the user. And, and I think that's what's really important too is you know, just being able to get those questions out there to your users, whether it's you know gatherings, something similar to what you're doing here, coffee hours, finding out from them specifically what helps you um, and then building your resources around that. You know, because for us in our in our company, it was um, being able to make things portable, making them accessible in very rural areas. And um, how do we build a training that's really short, easy, concise, gets people rolling? And then how do we put that in the hands of the directors of the organizations so that they can enforce the rules um, and the mandates that they've set forth for their organizations?
0: Well, that's good. Any anybody anybody else in the virtual room have anything that's kind of helped frame up that discussion? Josh, I saw you come off mute. and Rob, I see you're off <laughs> mute too. I don't know if there's something you wanted to add, yeah. but the...
2: yeah, I mean, I, my thing to to add is um, I am a a big fan of uh, of product led growth, even in high touch environments, uh, especially when dealing and trying to to crawl across the enterprise. Because uh, though you've landed and gotten engagement in one area, going and crossing over into that second and you know third and successive business units can be difficult, and that uh, th- that natural friction, you know, the lubricant inside of that natural friction is the ability to self-serve, uh, answer your own questions, get real short training, like was just said, you know, making these small little. Um, uh, knowledge-based articles and, and learning opportunities, because let's face it, uh, none of us want to RTFM. Um, and so we need to have some way to kind of get the piece of information we have to do the work we need to do, because that's our intended use is to get value from it, not learn
0: the tool. So, okay. Yeah. No, thanks, Josh. appreciate it. Rob, I know you were on mute. And apology, was there anything you had we wanted to add to this? Or um, I know I wanted to come back to you on the the uh, disengagement touch point that was we were talking about earlier. But uh, don't want to skip over you know, skip over just this question. If there's something else that somebody wanted to add.
4: No, this was a great conversation, and I think um, you know the whole point is to help our customers be successful and and we need to feel successful doing our job as well. And so uh, sometimes it can be frustrating when you're trying to engage with somebody, but you're just not getting any feedback. And so uh, in our group, we're just talking about how I was going to focus this month on those difficult customers. And I don't know their situations. I just know that they don't reply or if they do, it's very short. And and I know it's a busy season. It's been a busy year for home construction. And so, um, yeah, I'm just going to try some new techniques and, uh, see what I can accomplish so yeah
0: so so I'm going to ask a controversial question of the group um does it, does the MPS response belong in a must-have customer engagement I'd love your thoughts either way Josh Zamora what are, what are your thoughts on this one
4: I think absolutely, yes. And and actually, it's not so much the NPS response, as much as the power of the engagement that comes with the NPS, right? So I don't necessarily care. And we measure NPS for our teams, but I don't necessarily care what the score is in a lot of cases. I care, are we responding in a timely fashion, and then using that, that opportunity to create some more engagement with the customer. Um, and I think that's kind of the underlying value of NPS in my mind. NPS, if if it comes back as a nine or 10, that's awesome, that's fantastic. If it comes back as a a zero or one, that's awful, but we have something to do with it. I worry more about those customers that don't respond at all. And what are we doing to engage with those customers at that point in time? NPS is just an easy avenue towards engagement.
0: Yeah. What was the, what's the statistic? It's like, isn't it like 93% of customers go, uh, you know, don't respond. I could be making this up on the spot, but I remember reading something, you know, one of one of our, you know, many LinkedIn customer success influencers posted out there a while back. And it was, you know, that 93% should be what scares you, not the 7%, but it you know, actually provide you that feedback because, you know, that 93% could just up and leave tomorrow and you would have no idea. So that's, you know, it's a great call out. Uh, Marcus, what what would you like to add on, on the topic of NPS and it being a critical uh, or not critical customer engagement?
6: Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, you know, NPS is, it's not a critical tool, but it is a extremely useful tool in you're getting any responses you get is engagement with the customer. Right. And that allows you to really understand, you know, who is willing to potentially talk to you. Right. You know, you know, we're always trying to figure out, you know, especially if you have a large account, you know, let's say 500 users or a thousand users, it's really difficult to know who's engaged, not engaged. And so any response I think is critical. And I, I agree the the score is not as relevant, uh, in the grand scheme, and and I always like to challenge the customer when I respond back to say, "Great, you gave us a five. You know, why didn't you give us a, a three or a seven? Right? You know, what what would have you know driven that change? And this is great because uh, a lot of times the the negative." Uh, numbers you know those low numbers are driven because they're upset at the moment and when you challenge them on like why didn't you give us a lower number or a higher number they'll come back and actually say well you know I'm just really frustrated with this one thing and it's really not the true you know number that they would give it's just that's what they're giving because that's what they're feeling at the moment so it really helps to frame like where are they and if if they're really unhappy, you know, and that's a that's a great indication of, you know, potentially where the account is, especially if you haven't gotten a lot of that feedback.
0: That's I actually really appreciate that question. I haven't uh, I haven't necessarily framed the NPS up in that in that light before saying, you know, why did you give us score X versus score Y or score? Yeah. You
6: know, score or even three. just what would it take for us to go yeah. from a five to a seven or a seven to an eight? Or nine, you know that it, it it creates engagement versus just going, you know, thanks for this. You know, would love to talk to you. I'd love to hear more. You know, it it really challenge gives them a little bit of a challenge where they're more likely to respond.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing too, and and you and Josh both kind of you know I think hit on this loosely, right? The score isn't necessarily the. Um, you know, most important part of uh, it's getting that feedback. I think one of the things that I've seen in working, you know, starting off as, you know, one-to-many account manager, customer success manager, you know, now being, uh, you know, in that, in that a team leadership role, it's one of those things that I, I've seen is, um, you know, CSMs are, are, are often, uh, we'll call it afraid of the score that comes back. It's not necessarily the feedback that comes back, but it's the score of, i I'm supposed to be driving to get my customers to give us nine and tens, but in reality, my customer base is, is generally a six. And I know that. So I'm not gonna ask my customers for because I know I'm get a six, and then I have to sit in a meeting with, you know, whoever's above me, right? And and I have to report why are all your customers giving you a six? Are you not doing your job? And that's you know, that's not there. so you know i also see a cultural aspect in in you know the customer engagement internally with each of our businesses to say we have to we have to be able and you know provide forgiveness especially for frontline csms to say if you're going to if we're going to ask you to solicit feedback from customers I want the the brutal, honest truth from the customer, not from every customer, not just the ones that, you know, I think are gonna give us a nine or a 10 or the ones that might give us an eight, but we know that that feedback is gonna be super deep. Um, you know, we want the sixes, we want the fives because, you know, that gives us the opportunity to provide a track record. So I don't know, I see heads nodding, right? Cause I, you know, I was at one point in my time with NPS, I it was actually a metric, I, I got bonus on how my customers scored me and scored our company. And so, um, you know, you want to talk about PTSD on NPS when you can't control 90% of it, right? It's, uh, you know, it's not not a fun metric to be held to. And I, I don't recommend it for any, you know, any CSMs, but uh, it's getting past that, like, hey, you know, you're not the only one personally responsible for this, you know, for these customers. And we want, you know, we want them to give us, even if it's a five, we want them to respond and give us a five and tell us why, so. Um, Anyway, so there's my, my monologue on that. Josh Zamora, was there anything else you were going to add? I saw your hand go up. But-
4: yeah, no, and it, honestly, the, the, the point that you just made is really important, right? You are not responsible for the, the overall score as a CS resource. Um, it's something that we've had to reinforce multiple times is that there's a lot of things that we can't control in the CS world, and uh, so much less of the CS of the NPS score is within our control that we, we don't make that a key component of the measurement. What we do track is response rates and overall trends, um, but then also the, another factor that goes into this is what questions are you asking in the NPS survey itself, right? So. If there is a component of the NPS survey that is um, how like in, in our case we have, how does my account team which includes CS include sales includes support, how does your account team partner with me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, a, that's one question that we can actually dig into a little bit more and say, okay, there's some direct correlation between the work that you do as a CS resource and the response that we give you as an NPS score. That's something that we can dig into a little, a little bit more. And then finally, the only other thing I was gonna add to that is, is the fact that NPS uh, surveys themselves don't go out to every customer every quarter Um, So, you know, you may have some really bad quarters depending on who the customer base is that it's going out to. So just being aware of like the mechanics of the NPS survey itself is really important as, um, as well.
0: Yeah, that's you no. Know, that yeah, we could have a whole debate on. You know, I think we could have a whole dialogue, not debate, just a whole dialogue on on this. So you know, I might have to earmark this for you know one of our you know, customer engagement strategies because you know, my I'm thinking about that follow-up question. That's certainly there, right? But I, I think there's better way than to ask that question than just blanket surveying everybody, right? Get get somebody from your leadership team to actually you know reach out to that customer and say, hey you've got so-and-so on your account, right? Tell me, you know, be be candid, right? They're not in the room. You know, tell me how you actually like working with them, you know, and, and get that feedback that way. But uh, that might be a matter of preference more than anything else. Um, so, but anyway, I digress. Um, Haley, I want to call on you real quick as we wrap up here, because I saw you post a little bit in the chat around um, uh, the change management. So I want to come back to that real quick, maybe share a little bit of your thoughts on what you were you know, sharing here, since I you know Jess, uh, Jessica had asked that question earlier.
7: Uh, there we go. Sorry, I'm back in office today and I'm getting used to having a headset again. <laughs> um, but I've really liked pro size approach with the ad car model. Um, having awareness, desire, knowledge. Um, oh, I forget it specifically what it stands for. <laughs> awareness, desire, knowledge, ability, and reinforcement around change, and that's their approach. And um, so that's something that we've been trying to bring to the table so that there is overall project management, um, sponsoring of change, and reinforcement, um, and that's really the center of success. So we've been trying to build some resources internally with that approach in mind from ProSci. But when it comes to change management, that's been a really good knowledge level set for me to listen in on some of the webinars to understand how some of these enterprise clients have taken this approach and their success stories. Um, and really sponsoring the change has been a huge factor in leading to success. So I had dropped in one of the webinars that I had listened in on around change management with a project management approach, but they have a list of on-demand webinars that they've published and it's all around change.
1: Awesome.
0: This is great. uh, I'll make sure I'll I'll post that link that you shared in in my recap, probably be tomorrow at this point, but I'll make sure I'll capture that. So thank you for sharing that. So you know, with time, it's been great. You know, I appreciate all the feedback, and it sounds like everybody had a really great discussion. You know, we talked about onboarding, we talked about adoption, we talked about you know the customers ghosting us, you know, product led, you know, product led adoption, training, change management, NPS. So you know, we're certainly going to have a lot to dive into over the next few weeks. Encourage you, y'all are going to get a you know follow up survey. Speaking of NPS, you know, you know, we have automated. Please, that you know, continue to send in your feedback. Um, and if you ever uh, want to be a host, just you know, let us know in there, and uh, be happy to have you, and, and get you trained up on that. But uh, thank you all for the the feedback and your time today. I wish y'all a you know great rest of your short week. Um, you know, at least for those in the states. And I will
6: catch up with you all next Tuesday.